Thank you, Yvonne. We're talking about a worthy walk, living a life, walking worthy of the Lord, and we can't walk, even walk without Him holding our hand. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Yvonne. We appreciate that. Open your Bibles to the book of Colossians, chapter 1. While the children are leaving for Children's Church, all the children are welcome to go, all the children up through age 8. If you'd like to go to Children's Church, and turn with me to Colossians chapter 1. And uh, while you're turning, I'll remind you that last Sunday, while you're turning to Colossians chapter 1, we put the words, we won't do it today, but we put the words of our little chorus that we've been singing for the last two months on, on the screen for you about a walk worthy. And uh, we were talking about that last Sunday, and we want to pick back up with that today. You've got your Bibles open to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 10. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. And last Sunday you may remember that we sort of had time. We, we mentioned a couple of stories, in, uh, in the, one in the Gospels, one in the book of Acts, where Jesus actually healed uh, a lame man in John chapter 5. And then Peter and John in Acts chapter 3. And we used that to illustrate a physical walk and how, what a change. And, and we were trying to get across the fact that if you're truly saved then uh, and walking and living spiritually, uh, there ought to be, they were leaping and walking and serving the Lord and praising the Lord. But what we were really trying to get across was that Jesus asked that man in John chapter 5, said, wilt thou be made whole? Do you really want to walk? And we may think, well, that was kind of, sure he would want to walk. But the question we want to ask ourselves, do we really want to walk? And by walking, we talked about how that we're talking about moving about in life as you're going through life. And we mentioned we're talking about uh, deciding which course of life or which way of life or which uh, uh, type of life we want to pursue and live as a child of God. And the question is, do we have a desire? Uh, is that, do we even want to live a life? And I would think so if you're a true born-again Christian. As a matter of fact, I'll notice in this passage of Scripture that you even find the word desire here in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. And Paul is praying here. The Apostle Paul is praying for these Christians, these born-again believers in Colossae. Let's read through this prayer real quick. And notice Paul says in verse 9, For this cause we also, since the day we heard of it, since we heard you got saved, do not cease to pray for you. Do you believe it's important that we pray for one another? Oh, my. I, uh, my wife and I have told each other, if we'd spend half the time praying that we do talking about praying, <laughs> it's amazing what God would do. And so here's the Apostle Paul. And by the way, you know, you can pray just like Paul prayed. And Paul's praying, but notice what it is he's praying, and here he's praying for believers. Now many times you find Paul praying for the unsaved to get saved, but here he's praying for believers. And he says, since the day we heard you got saved, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire. And he said, these are some things we desire for you, and we're praying for you. The question is, do, are these things that we desire for ourselves? 
And one of those things, and you can, you can divide them up into five or six or seven things, but they all sort of go together with the course that we've been singing that's mentioned there in verse 10, a worthy walk. Now, if I want to pursue a course of life that's worthy of the Lord, that's becoming to the gospel, that's becoming to the call of being called a Christian, a child of God, then Paul reminds me in verse 9 that first of all, he says, I'm praying that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, so if I, if I want to walk or live a life or move through life pursuing a course that's honoring to the Lord, then I need to know God's will on it. Well, how, and you find words knowledge and understanding and wisdom in verse 9. Well, where does that come from? A study of the word of God. How do I know? what God's will. How do I know the right path? I learn it from the word of God. Amen. So the scriptures can not only make me wise unto salvation, it can show me what a worthy walk is, what life path to pursue. And then he says that, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. I have to decide who is it that I really want to please. Is my goal really to please God or please myself or please others and so forth. Being fruitful in every good work. Now, these are things that Paul's praying. And if Paul were alive today, were here on earth, he'd be praying for you and me that you might be filled with the knowledge of God's will and that you might walk in that path uh, to please God primarily and the result would be uh, fruitful in every good work, good work and increasing in the knowledge of God there at the verse, end of verse 10. And that word increasing in the knowledge of God at the end of verse 10 that's, that's a word that in, implies not just gaining more facts and knowledge. It's, it means you're experiencing God. You're, you, you know, sometimes it takes a while to grow up and learn some things. And you say, I not only believe these things because mom and dad, or I even know the truth in the Bible, but I've experienced this work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just knowing facts about God, as wonderful as that is. That's verse 9 but I've experienced what God can do in my life. Can you say amen to that? And so forth. And then he prays in verse 11, that you may be strengthened with all spiritual might according to his glorious power, with all patience or endurance and long suffering with joyfulness. Wow. And, and then I pray that you'll be thankful, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Wow, Paul's praying for a lot, isn't he? But all of it has to do with our daily life, our Christian living, a walk that's worthy of the Lord and so forth. Now let's be clear on one thing. Paul is not teaching the Christians here how to become a Christian or how to be saved. You can't live a life that you don't have, amen? And that's why he reminds us in verse 13, he says, or verse 12, that we, we just thank God, the Father who hath made us meet. How could, could, could I ever make myself suitable or qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light? Absolutely not. That's, that's the new birth. Only God can do that for me. And then it's like the Holy Spirit leads Paul to say, it's God who hath, verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son Jesus in whom we have redemption and salvation not by trying to strive to live this life 
But we have salvation, verse 14. We have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And then it's like Paul has a Bapticostal fit. He gets so, he mentions Jesus and he gets so excited in verses 15 through 19. He reminds us how glorious Jesus is. Isn't that wonderful? Now y'all act like I don't know what I'm talking about. That's exactly what happened, I know. So he, isn't it amazing how the Holy Spirit leads the writers of the Bible? And he's talking there and praying that you'll, all these things that are connected with walking a worthy life, and then it's like the Holy Spirit says, now this is not how you get saved, amen. You, read, you come to Christ and get salvation, and now you start living and growing in the Christian life. Walk worthy, Paul said in verse 10, to the pleasing of the Lord. With what time we have left, could I do this? Could I reach back and take one character from the Bible that when we talk about walking with God, what does that mean? Fellowship and with faith in God, fellowship and with God, faithfulness, fruitfulness. That's what we're talking about. Moving through life with God as a born-again Christian. And different characters in the Bible may pop in your mind. But one of the first ones that come to mind when we talk, talk about someone who walked with God and pleased God is a man by the name of Enoch. How many of you were thinking of Enoch? Nobody? I'm the only spiritual one here. <laughs> oh, I know you were thinking of yourself, weren't you? That's what it was. Now, Enoch. Did you know there was a man? Actually, there are two Enochs mentioned in the Bible. Turn back with me to Genesis. Genesis chapter 4. And let's think, let's just look at Enoch for a minute. And Enoch is mentioned four, uh, three, in three uh, scriptures in the Bible. Genesis Hebrews and Jude. And, and, and God said, here was a man who walked with God through life and he pleased God. Well, if I want to learn how to live a worthy life that's pleasing to God, now I want you to start with me in Genesis chapter 4 because there's something very interesting here. Did you know there are actually two Enoch's mentioned in the Bible? And this is interesting because the first Enoch that we're just going to glance at in Genesis chapter 4 is an illustration of one who is among people who are living an unworthy walk. <laughs> now that's the path and course of life we don't want to choose, amen? And then we'll go to the next chapter and see the Enoch that's an example of a worthy walk. Now notice in Genesis chapter 4, verse 16, Genesis chapter 4 and verse 16, and Cain, you remember Cain, Adam and Eve had two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain's already murdered his brother Abel. <laughs> Didn't take long for sin to spread, did it? And Genesis 4, 16, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Now that's not walking with the Lord, that's wandering away from God, isn't it? What a sad picture. Genesis 4, 16, And Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, on the east of Eden. And the word not there means wandering. So here's Cain wandering away from the Lord, wandering out of the path of godliness and holiness. And then verse 17 says, And Cain got married, knew his wife, and she conceived and bare a son and named him Enoch. And Cain went on and built a city and called the name of the city after the name of his son, Enoch. Now, did you know 
If I mentioned to you right now, name a city, some of you would go, Waynesboro, Stanton, Richmond, New York. There's all kinds of cities in the world. Did you know the first city, according to the Bible, the first city to ever be built was called the city of Enoch, named after the son of Cain. Now, if you read on down through to verse 24 of Genesis chapter 4, it talks about the first civilization that mankind ever built. And it progressed in every facet of culture you can imagine. If you study down through those verses, and we don't have time to do that now. And here's what's amazing. From man's viewpoint, this first city, this first civilization of man was progressing in every area. As a matter of fact, some scholars say that it might have been as spectacular and brilliant as Rome and Greece, and we just don't know. But the problem is, as it was progressing in every area, it was drifting further and further away from God and going deeper and deeper into sin and ungodliness and wickedness. Sort of sounds like a lot of the world today, doesn't it? Well, that's the first Enoch that's mentioned. What a picture of not walking a life that's worthy, but wandering away from God and walking away from God. Well, we turn the page in our Bible, or I have to, to the very next chapter, and quite a few years have gone by. And by the way, the Bible tells us that Adam and Eve had another son, and his name was Seth. And so in Genesis chapter 5, you generation after generation, we start seeing the descendants of Seth. And we get to Genesis chapter 5, and verse 18, Genesis 5 verse 18, we find a man by the name of Jared. Genesis 5 18, and Jared lived 162 years, and he begat a son by the name of what? Enoch. Now, it's not, now remember, the first Enoch's father's name was Cain. This Enoch's father's name is Jared. Now look what happens. Verse 19, And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat more sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 962 years, and he what? Died. By the way, you find that word all through that chapter. And he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. But verse 21 of Genesis chapter 5 says, And Enoch lived for 65 years, and he begat a son by the name of Methuselah. And Enoch, here's our verse, Genesis 5.22, and this Enoch walked with God, not away from God. After he begat Methuselah for 300 more years and begat more sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God and he died. Is that what it says? He was not. Well, what happened to him? For God took him. Wow. Now that's all we that's all this that's all we find about Enoch here in this scripture. Here's an Enoch, but he's walking with God. And he lives for 365 years, and all of a sudden he disappears. Well, maybe it just means there that God took him in death. Why didn't he just say that? Now we told you in Sunday school this morning. The best commentary on the Bible, the best commentary on the Bible is what? The Bible itself. Just keep reading, just keep studying. So let's quickly, for lack of time, we'll leave this and let's go to the New Testament now, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. 
Hebrews chapter 11, and uh, the writer of Hebrews mentions Enoch. Now, boy, we've really gone a long way into the, into the future now by the time we get to Hebrews 11. So back in Genesis, we saw two Enochs. The one was a picture of wandering away from God. The other is a man who's walking with God. Now, look what the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, and beginning with verse 5. This great chapter of faith, Hebrews 11, verse 5. By faith. Oh, so walking with God has to do with faith and trust in God. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see or experience what? Death. So, uh uh-oh, so now we know. You don't even have to take the preacher's word for it. The writer of Hebrews explains what it meant back there in Genesis when it says that Enoch walked with God and and all of a sudden he was not because God took him. He got to heaven without dying. Now watch this. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. Now watch this. For before his translation, that means while he was living down here on earth, going through life with all of his responsibilities, For 365 years, or at least the last 300 of them, it says that he had this testimony that he what? What's it say? He what? He pleased God. Now, didn't we just read? Didn't Paul say, I'm praying for you that you'll walk worthy unto all pleasing. Pleasing who? God. And here's a man that God was able to say who lived 365 years and he walked with God and he had this testimony he pleased God and then the writer of Hebrews goes on to say in verse 6 but without faith it is impossible to please God for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him now so much could be said okay so back in Genesis we meet Enoch a man who walked with God. Now in Hebrews, it tells us that he walked with God by faith. He walked with God. He fellowshiped with God. He, he, he was living the kind of life that, brought, that pleased God. God was so pleased with what this faith produced, a life of faithfulness and fruitfulness. But still, we don't have a whole lot of details, do we? So let's go to the third and final scripture that mentions this evening. And it's in the book of Jude. It's in the book of Jude next to the last book in your Bible. Did I say Genesis, Hebrews, and Jude a while ago? Did I say? Well, what I'm saying Jude now anyway. I'm not sure what I said a while ago. But anyway, uh, the book of Jude, next to the last book of the Bible, we find Enoch mentioned. Now, understand what the book of Jude is all about. One chapter, just one chapter long. And look at Jude verse 4 to get the background and the context. Jude verse 4 says, For there are certain men or individuals crept in among Christians unaware who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's called apostates. That's people weaving their way into the Christianity that don't believe the inspiration of the scriptures, don't believe the deity of Christ, and they do everything they can to promote every wicked, ungodly lifestyle. Is that happening in churches today? You better believe it. It was happening in Jude's time. 
So the main thrust of the little book of Jude is, is be careful about apostates, Bible deniers, and so forth. And God's judgment is going to come upon them. And Jude mentions all kind of, he mentions several examples of God's judgment coming on false teachers and false prophets and wicked, ungodly living and all this. And so you come down through these verses and look at verse 14. And Enoch also, he mentions Enoch, Jude verse 14. And Enoch also, well now how do we know this isn't somebody else by the name of Enoch? Jude tells us, he identifies him, the seventh from Adam. Now if you go back to Genesis and count it, he's the seventh one from Adam through Seth. So we're talking about the same Enoch, right? Right? Okay. And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, to execute judgment upon all, to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against God. Wow! In verses 14 and 15, Jude says that even Enoch, way back there before the flood, was preaching and prophesying about God's judgment coming upon wickedness and ungodliness and false teachers and those who promote those kind of lifestyles. And Jude applies it even to the time that he was living, that Enoch was even prophesying. And Jude's applying it to the, to the, to the apostates and the false prophets of his day, that, that God's judgment, and he gives so many examples of God's judgment. Now, if Jude was a prophet or a preacher, against wickedness and godliness, we know what kind of life he was living, amen? Ungodliness, against ungodliness. He was, he was living a life of godliness and holiness, walking with God by God's grace and mercy. And that's why God was pleased. Now watch this. Look at verse 16. Jude mentions Enoch in verses 14 and 15. And then in verse 16, Jude goes on to say, these, these that are under the judgment of God are murmurers and complainers. And then you have the word walking. Walking after their own lust. And their mouth speaketh great swelling words. And they have men's person in admiration because of advantage. They're not, they're not trying to please God. Here's a picture of, of people who are not walking with God, but walking away from God, wandering away from God, just like way back in Genesis 4 with Cain. Folks, sin hasn't changed. Oh, it may be packaged a little bit different today, but it's, it's the same wicked world we live in, amen? And Jude, in his day, and here we are 2,000 years later, verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before not only of men like Enoch, but even the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you there would be mockers in the last time who should, here's our word, walk or pursue a course in life after their own ungodly lust. They be they who separate themselves, sensual, and having not the Holy Spirit. Wow. Well, if that's a description of a walk that's away from God, 
then what's a description of a walk with God that's worthy and pleasing to the Lord? Well, let's read the last few verses of the book of Jude. Watch this. Verse 20. But, there's a contrast. Which, which path are we going to pursue in life? Which Enoch are we going to follow? The descendant of Cain or the descendant of Seth? But ye, beloved, are you a born-again Christian? Build up yourselves on your most holy faith, number one. Build up yourself. Now, some Bible scholars believe that the word faith there is not so much our trust in God, our confidence in God, but it's talking about the body of faith, the truth that we believe. Now, now either way you want to apply it's fine, but it's one thing to, to have faith in God, and we want to grow in faith, but this is our body of faith, and, 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 and the Bible has referred to that. This is our faith. This is our body of faith. What, do we, what is your faith? What do you believe? We believe the Word of God. Amen. And so the path we want to pursue in life that's worthy of the gospel and worthy of the Lord and pleasing to God is I want the Bible. I don't want to just say the Bible is my rule of faith and practice. I don't want to just say I want the Bible to teach me what I ought to believe and how to live. But bless God, I want it to be a reality. So many people come and they say, oh, I want to believe the Bible. Yes, I honor the Bible. What's your opinion, preacher? And they're looking for somebody to pat them on the back and, 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 and ease their conscience. Well, no, we have to make up our mind. Do we really want to follow the, and pursue a way of life that's pleasing to God? It doesn't matter what Pastor Hall thinks or says unless what Pastor Hall thinks and says lines up with the Word of God. Amen. Are you with me this morning? So Jude says, hey, if you want to follow the Enoch who God said was so pleased, he translated him to heaven. And we don't understand and have the answers to all that. Said then, grow in the Lord. Trust Christ as your Savior. Build yourself up on your most holy uh, on uh, on your most holy faith. Jude verse twenty. Number two, praying in the Holy Ghost, a prayer life, not just praying in the flesh and all this, but but truly, as Paul said, even the Apostle Paul said in Romans chapter 5, sometimes I don't even know how to pray, I don't even know what to pray, and oh, my heart cries out to God, and the Holy Spirit who's in me communicates with my Heavenly Father who's in heaven, amen. Having Holy, been filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. Verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now, he's not saying there that I've got to protect and guard and make sure God keeps loving me. By the way, you know what? We, we, we've all probably done this, and I, I either read or heard someone do this the other day. Now, now, you be good, and God will love you. You do what's right, and God will love you. Are you obeying? God will keep loving you. Know, we tell children that, and that's wrong. Now, I know our, our motive may be good. We're trying to motivate that child to do what's right. I'm going to tell you what, you can't stop God from loving you, amen? Well, what's Jude mean when he says, keep, your, well, keep yourselves in the love of God? Well, someone put it this way, keep yourself in the sunshine of God's love. Don't let the devil deceive you into believing that God doesn't love you any longer, Amen? See, trials, we talked in Sunday school this morning about trials and difficulties in life. And boy, the old devil's always shooting those darts. And I'll tell you what will cause you to stumble and stray off on a wrong path. 
if you start doubting whether God really loves you or not. Now that's what Jude's talking about. Jude says, hey, do you want to stay on the right path as a Christian? Do you want to live a life, pursue, walk, move through life? Work, home, play, move through life, live in a life that's, that's walking with God and pleasing to the Lord. Then grow up in the Lord, build, learn, grow in the Word. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the sunshine of God. Don't let the devil convince you that God doesn't love you. And, and then verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We've got something to look forward to. You know what? This is all just temporal. What am I looking for? I'm experiencing the mercy of God today, but listen, we haven't seen the tip of the iceberg yet. We're looking for Jesus. We're going to be with Jesus one. Oh, what mercy. My goodness, we hadn't even licked the, licked the spoon yet, and one day we're going to jump in the gravy bowl. Amen. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? See, we, we're, we're, we've got one eye on the present and one eye on eternity. We're looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And if some have compassion, making a difference. Don't just live your life wrapped up in yourself. Oh my goodness, but reach out to others. Become a channel of blessing. Have compassion on people. Is that the path we want to pursue? You know, some of the most miserable people on this planet today are Christians who are just so wrapped up with self. And we all struggle with this. And if some, I remember a preacher said one time, uh, this lady in the church kept saying, I'm about to have a nervous breakdown, about to have a nervous breakdown, about to have all this, about to And the preacher said to her one day, now he told this to be a true story. I can't imagine a preacher telling something that's not a true story. Can you? <laughs> said, so one day I just looked at her and said, Miss so-and-so, Miss so-and-so over here has not been feeling good and she loves your I'll just say cherry pies. Would you bake her a cherry pie? Well, I guess so, preacher. I'm, I'm just God. Oh, I'm just about to have a nervous breakdown. I'm surprised I don't already had that nervous breakdown. But I'll I'll see this week if I can get time to make so and so a cherry pie. Well, the next time the preacher saw the lady was about to have a nervous breakdown, said, "By the way, Miss So and So, I've been praying for you." Said, "Said, how's that nervous breakdown going?" And she said, "You know, Pastor, you you told me to bake so and so a cherry pie." And I baked so-and-so a cherry pie and took it to her. And then I thought about so-and-so, and I thought, well, maybe they could use a cherry pie. And I thought so-and-so might could do this. And said, you know what, Pastor? I've gotten so busy trying to help other people, I had to postpone that nervous breakdown for a while. So. <laughs> now, folks, there's a lot of truth to that, isn't it? A lot of truth to that. Have compassion. And here he may be speaking in the context of having reaching them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We, you know, we, we need to preach against sin hard and heavy, but we need to love the sinner, amen, and have compassion. And then he goes on, and, and my sermon could be preached on all these. Verse 23, and others save with fear, pulling them out of fire. Tell them the truth about hell, amen. Tell them the truth about the judgment of God. The only way you're going to help people is give them the truth. Give it in love. Give it in, cap, in, in, in compassion. But maybe God can help you to snatch someone out of the fire of hell and God's coming judgment. Pulling them out of the fire. And then last of all, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Keep yourself pure and clean. Now I want to ask you a question. And we've gone through these things, verses 20 through 24, so quickly here. But doesn't that sound like a path that's a worthy walk and a life for the glory of God. I think that's the path 
Enoch was pursuing in life, wasn't it? A life of faith and faithfulness and truthfulness. It's what Paul was praying for the Christians in Colossae. And if Paul were here on earth praying for you and me today, this is what we ought to be praying for each other. But now watch how Jude concludes this epistle. Verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. You know what that word falling there means? Stumbling. Yvonne sang a song and I pictured a little child. Don't we love to see little children walking? And you know, they, they, they have a hard time. You know, they finally learn. And it's kind of spiritually. You get saved and, and you learn to get up off your knees and somehow never learn to get back down on them. I'm just being facetious there. And then we learn to crawl. We learn to get up and wobble around. And then an adult takes that little child by the hand and leads them through life. Now, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we get to the place where we think, now, physically, you want that child to get to where they can turn mom and dad loose and go. But sometimes if I'm not careful, I get to the place where I think I can turn God loose. And if God would just listen to me, I could give him some good advice. You know what I mean? And then God sends Yvonne along to remind us, no, I don't care how old you are and how long you've been saved. You better hang on to the hand of Jesus. Amen. Now, you're not going to lose your salvation, but I tell you what, you can stumble. You can fall. But Jude says, hey, I know somebody who can keep you from stumbling, from falling, or straying off and going down a path in life. Isn't it amazing? Listen, I've lived long enough and I've pastored long enough to know how deceived we can be and how we can deceive ourselves. And people live in all kind of wicked, ungodly lives. And you know what? They, they, they don't blame God for it. They say God did this in their lives. God, and they give God credit. <laughs> and it's amazing. And so he says here, verse 24, Now unto him that is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. What path are you pursuing in life? Where are your instructions coming from? Are we growing in the Lord? At home? 24-7. Can God say to us, and I know none of us are perfect, we're all growing in the Lord and all, but can God say, hey, whether your name's Enoch or whatever it may be, by, the, by my grace and mercy, God could say, he or she, is seeking day by day. This is their heart's desire. And they stumble here and there, but overall, by God's grace and mercy, they're living a holy God. In this world of wickedness, this world of sin, it's always been that way, it'll always be that way till Jesus comes and straightens it all out. Are you saved? And are you following and pursuing that course of life? Are you walking with God, living with God, day by day, Moment by moment. Is God pleased? Oh, I hope so. Amen. Young people, are you listening? <laughs> Young people, make the right choice in life. Choose to live a life by the grace of God that's worthy of the gospel, worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ, worthy of your calling if you're a true born-again child of God. You'll never regret it. Amen.
Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for the truth of your word. And, and God, I'm sure there have been many, 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 many Enoch's that have come and gone. The name may be different. The age and history may be different. But oh God, by your mercy and grace, may we, may we be found faithful when we see Jesus. Speak to our hearts today. Accomplish your will. And we'll thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me this morning? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Now I'm going to ask the pianist just to play softly on the piano. And listen to me. If you're not 100% sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you just let one of our men or one of our ladies pray with you and help you? Just take five or ten minutes of your time this morning. Now, I believe the Bible teaches you can know Jesus and you can know that you know Jesus. And if there's a question mark on your heart, listen, you're going to die one day. You're going into eternity. Do you know for sure that Jesus has washed your sins away? Have you been born again? If not, would you right now while I'm talking, would you nudge the person beside of you? Go to the nearest aisle. Meet me right down here at the front. Tell me what's on your heart. And we'll let one of our ladies or one of our men pray with you and try to get your questions answered so that you can have absolute peace and assurance that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Now, if you're here today and you're saved, what path are you pursuing? What life are you living? We're challenging each other as Paul was praying, praying for one another from the youngest to the oldest that we'll make the right choices, right decisions, and by God's grace, walk with the Lord, live a life that's pleasing to Him and honoring to Him a life of godliness and holiness in this wicked, sinful world. A testimony to the grace of God. If we can help you with anything at all, would you come right now? I ask the pens to play one more verse, and that's all. You've been very patient. I appreciate it. But oh, as we say, make choices and decisions that count for time and eternity. You'll never regret it. You'll never regret it. people said amen well has it been good to be in the house of the lord today amen if you've let go of the hand of jesus in a sense that you've just kind of been calling the shots for yourself why don't you just get your heart right with the lord and reach out and take his hand i'm not talking about getting saved again now and just say lord i want you to be the lord of my life and lead me down the right path. You'll never be led astray if you follow the Lord. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. Good day. God bless you. We'll see you back here this afternoon.